Welcome to the Demise Podcast. Our mission is to give you, your friends, and the family the information from our expert partners that will enlighten, inform, and educate you about the unknown facts of the inevitable. I'm your host, Harold. Today's guest is Dr. Jerome Lee Jr., the pastor of St. James Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome to the program, Pastor Lee. Please tell the listeners about yourself and your church community. Well, thank you, Albert Harold. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, th- first, let me thank you for the opportunity uh, that you have given me. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity uh, to talk about uh, situations like this because they're the least talked about, but they are the most um, uh, effective when things happen in the family. And sometimes we don't know what to do or who to go to or how to handle this type of thing. So I do want to um, thank you uh, for that. Um, I am Pastor Jerome Lee Jr. I am the pastor of St. James Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I am originally uh, born and raised in Hampton, Virginia. Um, That's where I was born, raised, and educated. And uh, from there, um, I uh, accepted Christ there in my church, my home church in Newport News, Virginia, which is Gethsemane Baptist Church. Bishop Dwight Riddick is, is my pastor. Uh, pastor Riddick uh, ma- uh, baptized me. Uh, in fact, my wife, at the time we were dating, and so he baptized us both. Um, he also married my wife and I, and he licensed me to preach the gospel. A few years later, I was called into the ministry. And then not long after that, I uh, was called to pastor church. Uh, in Virginia, on the eastern shore of Virginia, and um, he installed me in church. I was there for 12 years, um, Shiloh Baptist Church in Pungateague, Virginia, uh, a rural community. And so after being there 12 years, um, I was, a friend of mine had told me that there was a vacancy at St. James Baptist Church in Greensboro. Have I considered? I didn't know anything about it, and he told me that you have the right personality uh, for them and they have the right personality for you. You you are a perfect match for them. They are a perfect match for you. And I was like, really? Which I've heard that before. You know, people say stuff like that. But I, I, I looked it up and saw that there was a vacancy and I did send all the requirements that was asked of me to send. And um, God, God's will, um, I was uh, given an opportunity to come and uh, to preach the gospel and and then I was asked to come back and went through the process, and they voted me as their pastor. That was in 2000. Uh, I started in May of 2011 is when I started. And so now I've been there now, um, celebrated my 11th pastor anniversary last year. And uh, I am grateful uh, that God has called me to uh, St. James Baptist Church. I love the people there, and I love the community. And though it's a great work, but um, it's what I expected, the work, and I don't mind working. So that's how I ended up here in Greensboro, and uh, I hope to stay here until I retire. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great, Pastor. Thank you for that intro. The program today will focus on how families and loved ones can be prepared for the initial meeting with the pastor and church officials. Pastor, should the church be contacted? 
when the doctor has said, that's it. There's nothing else we can do. Uh, well, yes. Um, if, the, if that person has a pastor or they are a member of a church, uh, that would be a wonderful time to contact the church for spiritual support. I do know hospitals offer chaplaincy. Most hospitals have a on-staff chaplain. Even if they talk to an on-staff chaplain, it's fine as well. However, the on-staff chaplain is going to ask them, do they have a pastor or a church or some type of spiritual uh, advisor or leadership? Hopefully they do. So when that time does come like that, it is best to have uh, a church where you can rely on and seek some um, spiritual counsel on uh, on what to do next. One of the things we cannot do is we cannot we cannot. Oftentimes, we get asked, "Should I pull the plug?" You know, they, they say I should pull the plug, and I I don't want to do it. Should I do it? The one thing, of course, we don't tell families as pastors or shouldn't is to tell them to pull the plug or not to pull the plug that's an ethical decision um, that the family have to make that they can live with and so you know we don't we don't tell them that but when they get that kind of news it is best that they contact their, their church if they have a pastor to get some kind of spiritual guidance though okay great sounds good what information should the family have, Pastor, when they call the church about a particular death? Um, if the person has deceased, has has died, or or have they are they're dying? Already passed. If the person has already passed, um, one of the things they want to do is, of course, they're going to, of course, uh, have to call a. Uh, once the person is pronounced dead and the time is recorded that they have expired, then the next step for them is to contact a uh, funeral home to come and uh, retrieve the body. Oftentimes, it's good to already have possibly made that um, reservation. If you if you already expected the person not to really live long, it's good to have already have done that. But if not, the next step would be to call the funeral home to let them know um, that uh, your loved one has passed. The hospital normally does that for you if you give them a uh, uh, funeral home to call. But one of the things after that that should take place is contact a uh, uh, the pastor or the church to let the, someone know that the person has expired and if we can come there at the time, most of the time we will. If they're still there, that's one of the questions I always ask. Are you? They call me right then. I'll ask, "Are you at the church?" I mean, I'm sorry. Are you at the hospital now? And they'll say, "Yeah, we're here now." And um, I usually stop what I'm doing because I find you know their priorities a little bit more important than what I'm doing. So I try to go there right then and there if I can, and of course you know greet them there and have prayer with them. Sometimes I'm, you know, we may stick around until someone come get the body. If it's not going to be that long, sometimes we let them grieve 
it's good to just let them grieve for a while. And but the information that they give us, they really can't give us but so much information because the next step will be uh, the planning. So it's really not a lot of information they can give us right then and there uh, at that particular time. Okay, great. So if the death occurs on a holiday or a weekend, how do they typically go about getting a hold of, uh, say, for instance, uh, St. James? Okay. Um, we have what is called a family care ministry. And the family care ministry is made up of the deacons, the deaconess, and a minister. And it is divided by alphabet, by last name. So we have, I think, like 12 different groups, 12 tribes or 12 different groups. And so um, if the person's name is from A to um, F, they're in one group. Uh, if they're from uh, G to uh, L, they're in another group, so forth. Right. Uh, so the family care ministry, they can, they can call uh, one of their uh, deacons, minister, and let them know that their loved one has passed. And, uh, or either they can call the caring and sharing ministry uh, to let one of them know. And they'll get in contact with one of the deacons, the deaconess, the minister, or myself. And so um, that has happened. Sometimes it is on a holiday. Sometimes it's on a weekend. Sometimes it's like two or three in the morning. Um, and they, they just want to call someone. But that's how we have it pretty much set up. And normally within, definitely within 12, 24 hours, we, we're on it. I would like to think that we would be. Okay, great. So now who should be that person making the call to the church, Pastor, or to one of the committees? The person that should make that call is, I would probably say, whoever that family may select. Sometimes people take death differently. Some people, you know, they they don't mind picking up the phone and they have not, they don't have a problem calling to uh, let someone know that. Some people just don't handle death well, so it's better that the family select someone to do that. It may not, if, if it was a spouse that died, sometimes the other spouse is just not in the condition to do it. They may select a granddaughter or a grandson or their, or their, their daughter or son or someone that they're close with to do it. Someone who pretty much uh, has themselves together and, and, and can do that. Right. I agree. Definitely. Well, after all the plans are made as far as with the funeral home, um, who should be the family members to actually attend the, the first meeting? I mean, they, they've called and said they had to death. They've gone to the funeral home, made their the temporary arrangements with the funeral home. Who should actually show up to the, the meeting with, with you or the church first church officials? Um, one of the things I suggest is when the family members uh, sit down with the funeral director to make the plans, the first thing I definitely suggest is that they definitely call the church to see if the date is available because you don't want them to make a date and that 
day of the funeral, uh, the day of the church is unavailable. It could be another funeral, or it just could be some other event that's going on, and that that date and time may not be available. But, but, um, but uh, after they talk with the funeral home, I suggest that they come by the church, and when they come by the church, uh, they can come as. Uh, a group of them can come, or just one or two of them can come, um, and we can sit in my office. And one of the first things I do is I usually give them, um, I usually give them some information that lets them know, um, first of all, how to do a program, because sometimes you have persons who've never been this way before, and they don't they don't know how to do a program. So we give them the basic information on how we do service at St. James. Now, other churches may do it different, but we give them how we do order service. And then um, we sit down and plan with them um, uh, the date and, and, and the time. Okay. So that's basically how, how that goes. And the persons that come with them, um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, too much. Sometimes it's two people, three people. Uh, sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's five. It's five persons. But um, I will say that um, that when they do that, to uh, please be mindful of pretty much of uh, the order of service, the way things are set up at St. James. Because sometimes families, I have had families to get upset sometimes because they can't do certain things right right all right can you um give us some suggestions of things maybe not to do when we're faced with this situation or give us a nightmare story about uh, something that may have happened uh since your tenure yeah uh yeah <laughs> well uh, um I, I will say um, please be mindful of the way that particular church does things. Um, I have had times when people just come in there with what the loved one wanted and think that that's how it's going to be all the time, and that's not always the case. Sometimes you have to remind them this this is a spiritual atmosphere. You know, you you be careful of the music that you choose. Be mindful that you're in a church. Um, also, um, that when they come, uh, uh, to be mindful that I, I am the pastor. And um, we're going to do things decent and in order. And how um, I'm going to carry out how I do, I do services. And... Sometimes families come with a list of who's going who's going to do the sermon. I've had that happen. Uh, their uncle, their cousin, some friend, somebody's going to do the sermon, and, and I have to ask them sometimes. Are, are you asking me? Or are you telling me they're going to do the sermon? <laughs> because pulpit is is you know, not that I'm possessive, but I am the pastor, and I I use my authority as I should. Right. You know that that's that's my pulpit. You know, so um, I mean, you just can't throw on me who's going to do the eulogy. Right. 
you know, and some people have have done that. And then when you tell them that that I'm going to do it, I have had them get upset and walk out and slam doors and um, but and oftentimes they they either come back and apologize or someone in the family apologize on their behalf. Right. Okay. Great, Pastor. Well, I really appreciate your participation today. Can you give us some final words of wisdom when we're dealing with the demise? Some final words of wisdom, I would say, is um, when you lose a loved one, definitely surround yourself around some spiritual people. Um, surround yourself with persons who... Um, you know, I know all of our families not in church, but you have to surround yourself with people who do know church or some order of church. Um, just having persons who who don't know anything about order of service and church is a little can be a little dangerous sometimes. So, I would definitely say surround yourself with persons who who take interest in your spiritual development, who's going to try to help you uh, get through it as well. Remember, I, we're all trying to work together, and I'm trying to make sure that uh, that loved one had a dignified uh, funeral as they deserve to have. Regardless of their life or lifestyle, they deserve to have a dignified service, and I, I try to give them that. Pastor Lee, thank you for enlightening, educating, and informing the listeners this important topic on preparing for the initial meeting with the church. You can contact us directly at the demise podcast at gmail.com. We also have a website where you can find out additional information on upcoming episodes and other things pertaining to the program at the demise podcast.com. We are excited about the demise podcast program and hope that it informs, enlightens, and educates you. Don't let the end of your life be the beginning of your planning. Thank you again. I'm Harold, your host. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of the Demise Podcast, Harold Haney, or IPBC.